This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. The Flushing Girl from Flushing, the nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, uh, Miss Fine. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Oh, Mr. Sheffield, a podcast about the nanny, the 90s hit sitcom starring Fran Drescher. I am Sean Pasquale here with... Toria Sheffield. Womp, 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 womp. It's your favorite <laughs> duo. <laughs> well, hey, appropriately titled episode, A Fine Friendship. That's right. That's how I like to think of us. It's a fine friendship. It's, it's like- It's fine. It's not great. <laughs> it's not the best, hey, but it's fine. It's fine. It's serviceable. I was just about to say it's serviceable. And God, that's why we we're fine each friends. <laughs> yeah, finish each other's sandwiches. All right. It, 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 it is what it needs to be. Good night, um, everyone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but this was season two, episode 19, and it is the episode where Fran befriends a male nanny who she thinks is gay, but big reveal, he's straight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Lee Shalat Shamal directed this one. Shamel. Lee Shalat Shamel? I don't know, dude. And then uh, this one had so many – there were so many writers on this episode. Three people get story by credit. Kirsten Venzel, Bill Marich, and Rich Ross. And then um, Eileen O'Hare is is given teleplay credit. So she actually wrote the episode. And we we covered a couple – another episode of her. She did the wine cellar. Oh, yeah, and then she writes a couple more later on and stuff, but she wrote the wine cellar one, which which we both really liked. So Yeah, I've been waiting for this episode to come around for quite a while just because I feel like we slightly dived into it when we talked to Matt Baum in our season one finale, mm-hmm. um, because if you've watched his YouTube video, Fran's Fine with the Gays, this is one that's, that's featured pretty heavily um, in his, you know, in putting forth his viewpoint that this show is very revolutionary and it's it's very blase attitude towards just being gay. You know, it's yep. not that big a deal and it is in no way like the really the butt of the joke um mm-hmm. in any way. No, um, it's, would, it's not. And 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 it's because the the reveal it would be the opposite, you know. It, it, I feel like other shows prior to this you know, would be like, oh my God, I thought he was into me the whole time and he's gay. Uh-huh. Um, and this is like, no, he's gay. Like, why would he be into me? And then it's just like, not a big deal. She like loves that he's like, she loves him, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then there's, we'll get to it. But um, there was a really, not only hilarious, but I thought very progressive um reaction from Mr. Sheffield in a particular scene later that I'm excited to get to. So we basically set up in this episode that Gracie has a friend coming over, Willie, and his <clears throat> nanny brings him over. Willie. <laughs> Willie. I knew a Willie growing up, but I think he goes by Will now as an adult. Yes, he does. He was. <laughs> he he <laughs> you don't you don't think little Willie Fitzgerald still goes by Willie? <laughs> um but um this so so basically this a male nanny, he's very, very handsome. And, um, you know, Fran greets him very briefly and then he goes into the other room and Niles is basically like, hey, like, Miss Fine, are you all right? Um, 
a very, very handsome man just walked in and, you know, you did not have your usual over the top reaction, you know, of, of being completely interested. Yeah. And she literally like, you know, she's in her bathrobe. She has a newspaper out in front of him. She like very casually, she's like, Niles, the man is clearly gay. Um, and they he's, kind of have, she goes, he's either gay or a priest with a solar plex. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, she's completely confident in that. And then to prove her point, um, she yells into the other room, Kurt, who is Carol Channing's understudy in Hello, Dolly? <laughs> and without missing a beat, he yells in um, the answer. And she kind of just like, you know, puts like turns the newspaper another page, like totally content in um, yeah. having proved her point. <laughs> they come back. So in the in the opening scene, we establish that they're going to a baseball game. Um, they're all mm. going to they're going to play baseball. The okay. Mr. And by Sheffield, that, yeah, Mr. Sheffield, Cece, Grace, Maggie, and uh, Brighton are all going, and they're. I actually wanted to talk about this scene because they're all wearing matching purple sweaters and red hats. And I think like that's their team uniform, but it's so weird because they're wearing like the preppiest looking sweater. It yeah. like, doesn't look like they're going to play baseball. It's so weird. It's- it looks like they're going to walk in like a, a park in a Victorian painting. <laughs> um, well, yeah, they have this matching outfit and there was this funny little beat that I actually appreciated because um, uh, Mr. Sheffield comes in his sweatshirt and he's in blue jeans and Fran's like – Oh, Mr. Sheffield, I don't think I've ever seen you in jeans before. And she's like, wait, wait, is there a rip on the seat of those pants? And he kind of turns around so she can get a look. She just ogles him and then she goes, nope, nope, you're fine. <laughs> and she has this sort of like devious, lecherous look on her face where she clearly yes. just um, wanted to look at his butt. But the thing is, I was like, you know, I like that little role reversal because usually in a lot of sitcoms, it definitely would have been the guy um, right. having his little lecherous moment and like tricking the woman into getting a view of her, you know, rear end. But, you know, I love how unapologetically um, – uh, just like sneaky Fran is, and then that look of satisfaction on her face. Is she, that the female gaze? Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. Very, it was a nice female gaze moment. It was very. I, I just was like, you know what? Refreshing and funny. So um, we then cut to a scene where it's it's a Fran and Kurt are just kind of like catching up and talking, you know, nanny to nanny, and the kids are upstairs. They've they've gone to sleep for a nap, and I noticed that there was a lot of um very. T- and very timely, but no longer timely, NYPD blue references. Yes. <laughs> because as they're talking back and forth, we establish that Fran is very, very comfortable with this guy. Um, you know, she's like, oh, can you believe, uh, you know, so-and-so left the show? Oh, I wish I had a body like so-and-so. And the two of them are just, you know, very, very friendly together. And yeah. and you, you know, get the sense it's because in her mind, he is basically like a girlfriend, even though right. he's a guy. Um, and then this was actually a very funny little C plot that, uh, maybe it's even the B plot, but, um, Gracie and Willie come down the stairs after their nap and, um, wait, wait, hold on. So I hated that. Really? (laughs) Yeah. I thought this was the dumbest B plot I've ever seen to anything. It is the biggest stretch. Like it was such a big stretch. It should be a yoga pose called the nap. No, I literally, I literally wrote this was such a relatable kid moment. I like know kids that this happened to where they like thought they were going to get pregnant by like walking on a beach because <laughs> they overheard like some an older relative say like, oh, well, that's what happens when you go walking on the beach after dark. And then they were terrified of going outside on the beach when their family would go on vacations after it got dark. Do you know someone for real that has that story? Yes. Is that you? No. <laughs> Do you believe this person? 
Yes. All right. I mean, it's just like one. It's like I literally just told you a few weeks ago. I thought I was going to turn into a turtle when someone told me I would become a teenager. Like, but that is this- true, Toria. <laughs> We're both turtles right now. We're- Look yes, at Mitch yes. McConnell. <laughs> But no, like I, I, my um, life up until about nine years old was riddled with misunderstandings like this. Wow. Not all of them sexual in nature, but just like completely misunderstanding the world around me. Uh, the other thing I think you may have skipped over is, uh, well, I guess that can, well, it wasn't my favorite line. There's a scene, so like right sandwiched in there, the family comes back from their ball game and- there's this line where Brighton goes, I made it to first base. And then Gracie goes, I did too. Wait, that then, comes wait, that comes that, right, after that right after, after this. Okay. Yeah, okay, yeah, that okay. comes right after. So basically, um, you know, the kids come down the stairs, they've woken up from their nap, and they want to go see the Lion King. And Fran's like, sorry, like you guys are too late for the Lion King. Like that was at four. And they go, but it's okay. We're gonna watch some soap operas. So they sit down to watch these soap operas, and Kurt's like, this is a very funny line. He's like, oh, I haven't seen this one in seven months. Catch me up. And Frank goes, yeah. <laughs> well, they're still at Cynthia's party, <laughs> which, which is such a great soap opera joke where it's yeah. like, you know, we it lurches from week to week. Um, but yeah, so storylines just would drag on for years. On yes, show. yes. Um, and she said something. She was like, oh, well, and, you know, she's late. So, oh, no, she's like, you know, she and Jeremy slept together and now she's late. So, P.S., she's pregnant at which point Gracie's eyes become like saucers in her face. Like she looks panicked. She grabs Will and pulls him aside. And she's like, oh my God. She's like, we slept together. And then we were late for the movie. I'm pregnant. Uh, because she has interpreted Fran's little, you know, aside to Kurt as when you are late for something and you sleep with somebody else, you that's how you get pregnant. Um, which again, I thought relatable. But apparently Sean, <laughs> Sean was born known at all, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Never I mean, been humbled just, a day in his life. I was just, I think when I was old enough to know what babies were, my parents explained like how it kind of works. Like I'm, I'm sure they didn't go into detail, but I knew that like it didn't just happen from osmosis, you know, or like from being late to an event or something. That just felt, it just felt like a skip. But I mean, I guess if kids do, I mean, look, if you're telling me to believe that kids are dumb, you don't got to <laughs> sell me. So. Right. Um, well, and so that's this little subplot is Gracie and this little boy now think they're going to have a baby together. And he's like, I better get a job. <laughs> and, and I thought actually, line. yeah, Gracie, um, she's really, really come into her own as an actress. Like she, I honestly think she's, you know, right. She and Brighton are great. Um, yes. and I, not to be rude, but I think the weakest link might be Maggie. But <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. Well, but it, that's uh, also, I feel like partially the writing. Cause like literally every week it's just like Maggie is into a different boy or it's yeah. about a boy. Like she has no, there was one week where I think she was a vet, a vet like a, a vegan or something. Yes, yeah. And then they, it never gets brought up again. So it's like, um, I don't know. Yeah. She, yeah. To be fair, she, literally at eight years old, Gracie is given more to do than this like 16 year old <laughs> actress. Um, but so, um, the, that's when, uh, Mr. Sheffield and the others come home and, um, we find out that A, they lost, um, and B, that, yes, as you were alluding to earlier, Maggie goes, at least I got to first base, and she says it in front of her father, too. Dude, I have that note. She says it in front of her dad, and he doesn't even react. Well, and Brighton goes, he goes, Maggie, you didn't even leave the the dugout, and she's like, I know, meaning she clearly, like, kissed a boy on the other team, 
Um, but yeah, maybe Mr. Sheffield doesn't know bases. Maybe he has no idea. Oh, maybe. So then we have this great scene where it's clear that Fran and Kurt have been like spending a ton of time together, like going to movies, going out for coffee, just becoming besties. And they get back to the mansion and um, they go upstairs to Fran's room because Fran announces that, you know, he's going to help her decide what clothes she needs to return. And um, she even says to Mr. Sheffield as she's going up, she's like, I know you have, you know, your rules with, you know, guys you know, upstairs. And then he's like, oh no. He's like, Kurt's much more like your friend Val, Miss Fine. Like, I, I don't have any problem with this. So then we actually go up into the room and Fran's literally just in a bra um, as she's trying on outfits and and Kurt is walking her through like, uh, you know, that's great. That's not great. Yeah. Until dot, dot, dot. Do you, I was going to let you. Yeah. Well, that's when. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that's when she brings up love me hanging. She brings up tiramisu, and he's like, "What's tiramisu?" And like, that's her moment where she's like, "Oh my god, you're not gay." Well, but also he's like, "Correct, no, no." But even before that, the reason she even thinks to ask him that is like a test. Is he he kind of comes up behind her to help her unzip? Oh yeah, he starts kissing her and stuff. Right, right. I forgot that happens first. Yeah, so then she's like, oh my God. She goes, you're a flaming heterosexual. <laughs> yeah, she's like, you're straight. And she's like, does your mother know? <laughs> she is so <laughs> indignant. And she's like, she's literally like, I can't believe, you know, I, I I thought you were straight. She's like, you've seen me without makeup. Like I bought, uh, I don't I forget, I don't remember the brand, but she basically says she bought laxatives in front of him. Mm-hmm. She to- She's like, I told you how I treat my yeast infections. And she's literally just like completely like, you know, losing it when she realizes all that she revealed in front of this straight, attractive man. And then he kind of just like takes her into his arms and he's like, well, you know, if you liked me when you thought I was gay, you're going to love me now that I'm straight. And he like kisses her and she still is just in a bra, at which point Mr. Sheffield walks by because the door is open. (laughs) Yeah. And he, he literally, he gasps. And he runs into the room and he tears them apart. And at first you think he's going to be upset with um, Kurt or maybe upset with Fran for like, you know, allowing this to happen or that he literally goes, he goes, oh my God. He's like, Miss Fine, what are you doing? Leave this poor man alone. (laughs) So he clearly thinks that like Fran has like um, basically like molested this gay man and is like pawing all over him. And he's like, Miss Fine. He's like, did you ever, did you ever even think that he might have a significant other? Which I was like, wow, so progressive on Mr. Sheffield's part. He is so indignant on behalf of this man that he thinks, uh, you know, that that is a a huge transgression on multiple levels for uh, Fran to have uh, attempted to kiss him. And then that's when, you know, Fran has this great line where she's like, Kurt, um, you better leave because um, Mr. Sheffield might hurt himself jumping to conclusions. So Kurt like politely exits. And this is when we have this like very, very kind of bold and funny physical comedy exchange between Fran yeah. and Mr. And well, Sheffield. She, they start to have a conversation and then she realizes she's still just wearing a bra. And, and, yes. and like a, her skirt. And so she like, like, oh my God, why did you let me stand around like this? And then she like, she tries to put on a shirt, but it's like a tight shirt. And then she gets sort of stuck in it. And then Mr. Sheffield's like, she's like, help me, help me. And then he starts to try to help her. And then they end up falling backwards on the bed. And he's like, he's like trying to. Yes, it's he's a, like trying to like get it on her, and then like, Niles walks by the room at that moment, yes. and just like <laughs> that. Like, that was what so tur- made this like, like you know, amusing to like uh, awesome is yeah. when you not this Niles literally walks by, and then he like 
jerks his head around and is like peering around the door frame. Um, and meanwhile, you know, they're saying, she's like, I'm so hot. And he's like, I can't do it standing up. We have to get on the bed. And they're, you know, making all these like um, uh, double entendres, but just in terms of trying to get this shirt off her. And then they realize that Niles has been watching the whole thing. And he goes, if you let me tell Miss Babcock about this, I'll work for free for a year. <laughs> it's um, a great, it's a great bit. Yes. Really yes. good. Um, a lot of fun, uh, goofy choreography, I'm sure, to make that all happen. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And then we cut to the next day and it's CeCe and Mr. Sheffield and Mr. Sheffield's office. And it's interesting because he's clearly very preoccupied with Kurt now. He's like, so the yeah. thing is we've established earlier in the episode that Kurt isn't like a struggling actor um, who works as a nanny by day. And Mr. Sheffield is like pouring over his, um, his uh, CV um, and he's like, ah, he's like, I knew that Kurt had caps. And, <laughs> um, and Cece's sort of like, what are you doing? Like, why are you? why are you obsessing over this random man? Um, but we get the sense that it, there's definitely some jealousy, jealousy going on. Jealousy, for sure, yeah. And Niall says something rude to Cece, and she goes, she's basically mentions that she's in charge of his um, retirement plan and goes, Orange County Bonds, which I was like, what does that even mean? I had to Google it. I, I guess during this, I, there, there was even an LA Times article about this line yes. because it was basically like, Ooh, popular sitcom, The Nanny, like makes dig at, at Orange County because I guess Orange County had like a lot of natural disasters and general just like unpleasant things happening for a couple of years in the 90s. So it was famously like it's it's real estate property or prices were going down yeah. and it was no longer becoming the destination place. But I was like, wow. Truly had no idea what that was about. Like I did this, I went on the same journey and I and and I came to the same conclusion where I was like, wow, talk about maybe the deepest of deep cuts yes. where it, there's not even like a um there's not even a Wikipedia article on it where you're like, oh, this was like a, an event that happened. It's just like people were shit talking Orange County at the time and the nanny <laughs> jumped on the pile. Like yeah, but they, they just kicked Orange County while it was down, which, you know, to be fair, meh. Yeah, I mean, no, no complaints here. Um, but but yeah, so basically, not- the joke is that is that OC bonds, Orange County bonds, would have been like bonds, like in investing his pension money in the city, which at the time would have been like essentially junk bonds. They would have been worth nothing because they the city at the time had declared bankruptcy. So mm-hmm. that's what that joke is. But I, I also yeah. had to look it up and, and it took like 15 <laughs> to 20 minutes of reading so much so that I think I missed the next like two minutes of the episode because <laughs> I, until I finally paused it and was like, oh, I'm not watching anymore. Now I'm just reading about Orange County. <laughs> uh, or Orange County 30 years ago. Um, but so it's also revealed in this scene that Fran and Kurt have a date that night. And a little later, in Niles and Cece are in the kitchen and this was just great because um, not Niles is writing something down on a piece of paper and he's like, I need to, he's like, there's something I'm not supposed to tell you read this. And he hands her the paper and it clearly says that like, you know, he caught Mr. Sheffield and Fran in bed together the <laughs> night before, at which point 
Cece literally screams, I want to die, throws herself down on the counter, and Niles goes, oh, no, don't do anything rash, and slips a knife into her purse, uh-huh. which is so, so dark. dark. It's so, so dark. dark. Um, but Which is just cruel. But So she leaves, and then we have a pretty big scene in terms of emotional beats. But it, it's something we've seen before. But we've never – it's a sort of repeat beat, but, you know, we never get tired of it where Mr. Sheffield comes into the kitchen and he's basically kind of like pacing back and forth. And he's like, he's like, Niles, I don't understand it. You know, ostensibly Kurt is perfect for Miss Fine, but why do I find this situation so annoying? Um, and Niles does his classic Niles metaphor where he see you know, Mr. Sheffield picks up an apple and he's eating it and Niles goes – Ah, Mr. Sheffield, that was the last apple. And uh, Mr. Sheffield's like, oh, did you want it? And Niles goes, well, I guess I didn't realize I really wanted it and uh, until somebody else sunk his teeth into it. Mm. And Mr. Sheffield, as usual, is like super oblivious. And he's like, my God, man, eat a bloody pear and walks out. <laughs> and, then, and then Fran walks in and it's basically the exact same encounter. But it was kind of funny because it's now Niles is it's getting a little meta that Niles is the guy that is always saying this to them because Fran basically she's like, eh, like. I'm supposed to go out with Kurt, but like, I'm not really feeling it. She's like, I don't know. There's there's just something missing. And then she picks up a pear and starts eating it. And almost like as if he's put upon and like weary of this, he's like, oh, is that the last pear? And she's like, oh, yeah, did you want it? And he's like, I guess I didn't realize how much I wanted it until someone else had it. And then she's like, yes, news to lose and walks out. So again, like always falls on deaf ears when Niles tries to to point out the obvious. It's cute. I think it's a cute, like it makes the most sense that Niles would be the one doing that because the kids wouldn't be invested at all in Mr. Sheffield and her and Fran hooking up and Cece's not going to do it. So it ends up being like, well, Niles is always there and he's seeing this constant tension between them and he's just trying to like nudge them in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Although it would be really, really cute if Gracie started to. (laughs) Psychoanalyze them. I, I hope it goes there sometime true, soon. True. Um, and then, so that's sort of the resolution of that. The resolution just being that, like, you know, France, you know, she amicably has parted <laughs> ways with Kurt. Yep. And, um, you know, but just something didn't feel quite right. And Mr. Sheffield, you know, just it wasn't sitting right with him either. Neither of them really know why, but like nothing's really changed other than that. Um, and then we get an adorable – I thought it was an adorable little ending to the Gracie pregnant yes. subplot where um, Fran comes in and Gracie and Willie are are sitting there and he's – and Willie's like, nine minus seven. And she's like, uh, two. And he's like, oh, God, three seconds. It's happening. And she's like, what are you kids doing? And they're like – he's like, we're timing her subtractions. <laughs> like clearly kids, you know, wanting to time contractions, which – I mean, I know you you didn't believe this stuff happened, but that's exactly the kind of stuff that I used to mix up when I was a kid. Like, I, I literally was at the table once where I said we were learning about orgasms in biology. And my dad yeah, had organisms. to say, yes, organisms. Mm-hmm. And I literally went, same thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, kids are dumb. They yeah. really are. Um, and, but, you know, we knew Fran, a girl when I was growing up that, choked at dinner once on her food and then when when it when it cleared up she was like oh it must have went down the wrong turnpike (laughs) (laughs) yeah they were like what Uh, yeah 
it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, super cute resolution. Fran assures them they're not pregnant. But they're not pregnant. And then um, we, we didn't really mention there's a weird runner where basically the episode opens and in the in the cold open of the episode, at one point Fran's like, hold on, I'm on the phone with my mother, but she's not on the phone. And then she walks over to the phone, picks it up, and she's like, uh-huh. And then she just sets it down as if her mom has been talking continuously without yeah. without Fran listening at all. And then the post-credit scene is just Fran comes downstairs, picks up the phone and goes, really, Ma? And then puts it down yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, because so clearly her mother talks so nonstop and for so long that you can just walk away from the conversation and only intermittently make a reaction sound really and she has that. no idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. thought it was funny. Yeah, and we, we've talked about this before, how Sylvia sometimes gets some of the best jokes without even being in the episode. Yep. Yeah, which is like shows what strength of a character they've created. It's fantastic. I mean, they didn't really create mm-hmm. a character. It's just what the, it just shows the strength of a Jewish mom. <laughs> uh, I think it's time oh, for yeah. segments. Um, yeah. And now, segments. So segments yeah no i think we should move on to segments i to say we can move on to our segments and now segments segments uh with sean and toria i there was this really funny little throwaway joke where um fran mentions that she has been uh taping days of our lives and she's been taping over old uh <laughs> cassettes in the house and she goes yeah like i just taped over this one uh brighton learns to walk I wonder what that movie's about. <laughs> like, clearly, saving over these treasured family photos, uh, family uh, videos. Um, and then I loved this Columbo joke. Um, basically, I don't know if you ever watched Columbo with your parents growing up, but, uh, you know, it famously stars Peter Falk um, in probably his, probably, yeah, the role he's absolutely most known for. Probably. And at yeah. one, yeah, Fran goes, when she's ta- complaining to Niles about why, you know, she's just not really sure why she's not feeling it with Kurt. She's like, you know, maybe it's because, you know, we already know each other so well and the mystery's gone. It's, it's like when you watch an episode <laughs> of Columbo, you figure out who did it in the first 10 minutes and then you spend the whole rest of the episode just trying to figure out which is the glass eye. <laughs> which because <laughs> Peter Falk famously had a glass yep. eye, which, which I mean. Just like Sandy Duncan. Yes, yes. And like, well, every time it was on TV when I was growing up, one of my parents would like invariably go, you know, he has a glass eye. <laughs> like <laughs> that's what my that's what my dad would do every time we watched Barney the Dinosaur and Sandy Duncan came on. My dad would go, He's got a glass eye. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, Thanks, Dad. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's all um, I can think about. Uh I like when she friends crossing through the living room at one point and the kids uh, are talking about the child that they think they're pregnant with and like Fran like just walks through the room and kind of overhears it, you know? And she just goes, boy, those kids can, can those kids play, uh, play house or what? Yes. Yes. (laughs) She thinks they are like playing this hyper realistic, dysfunctional family drama. (laughs) I like that that line a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. And then also when she breaks up with Kurt, she tells Mr. Sheffield and he goes, well, did you at least part amicably? And she goes, no, it was friendly. Yes, yes, yes. Which I actually have this note where I'm like, I know, you know, the the show as a whole is clearly pushing that Fran and Mr. Sheffield are perfect for each other. But I think it's one of those like 
you know, in real life, they're not perfect for each other. In real life, she and Kurt are like the the fact that you would be with someone who like doesn't even uh, know what that means, and you know, they're just for. I I really don't know what they would talk about other than the children. Um, Yes, but still, it's still adorable. But no, in real life, Kurt really was much more perfect for her. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, no, I guess he was. You're right. Um, she got bored. I mean, he was. Yeah, then she got bored. I guess you're right. You need those differences to keep you it need interesting. Those differences. Yeah, opposites yeah. attract, baby. Rich and poor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jew and goy. Mm-hmm. Um, did you notice that Niles at one point is asleep reading a copy of Better Butler magazine? I literally have just <laughs> Niles reading Better Butler as one of my other favorite moments. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he could have just as easily been reading Good Housekeeping, which is a real magazine, but no, no, just butler. the idea that you know these butlers—it's their whole—it really their is whole identity. They're so invested yeah. in the trade. Yeah. Um, want to move on to Yiddish? Yeah. Okay, so I didn't clock any actual Yiddish. There wasn't any, but I did a little bit of a deep dive, and Uh-oh. I okay. Oh, I didn't know this. Did you know that the word fagala? Yes. Is a real Yiddish word, not yeah. just made up. I thought it was made up for Robin Hood men in tights. No, really? Because there was, I had so no funny. idea. Because there was a scene, you see, hey, another, you know, childhood Adorable. misunderstanding moment. Yes. There's this scene in, in Robin Hood men in tights, which is a Mel Brooks movie, where he plays Friar Tuck, but I don't think he, he's the friar. I think he's a rabbi, Rabbi Tuck. Yeah, he's a moil. No, he's a moil. He does circumcisions. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And he comes across Robin Hood and, and you know, um, Carrie Elways is like, like, I'm Robin Hood and these are all my merry men. And <laughs> Mel Brooks just goes, Vegala? <laughs> like, basically asking if they're all gay together. Okay, yeah. And I just thought, you know, it was like a made up Yiddish word for a slur for for right. gay men. But no, Fagel is really a word. It's yeah. um, the diminutive of Fuegel, yep. which... Um, uh, means little bird. Um, and it was me- meant to be like a disparaging description of a man who was kind of, you know, fey and little Effeminate. and weak. And, yeah, yeah, a little bird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I had no idea. Yeah, I, I don't no know idea. if it's a slur, but it's slur enough that I don't use it, you know? Well, and they, they do say that they think that is where the actual slur came from. Yeah. Um. So, so I really... Uh, I learned something. So bummer. Bummer that Yiddish invented that word. Uh, you know what I mean? I that sucks. And in terms of nanny trivia, this is interesting. Yeah. Fran Drescher became an ordained minister with the Universal Life Church Monastery so that she yes. could legally officiate LGBT wedding ceremonies. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love an ordained queen. So the Fran or the CC, um, I've, I don't know about you, but I've done what Fran has done several times where I befriended a guy and got very comfortable with a guy who I assumed was gay um, only to find out he was straight. Me and too. You have? I've befriended so many dudes only to find out that they're straight. <laughs> and I'm um, like, boo. <laughs> um, uh, no, I don't think I've ever – it doesn't really work the same in that's reverse, right? Say, like, like, yeah, like it's not like I'm ever... like, oh, I finally met my lesbian best friend, and then I'm like, oh no, she's into me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> true. Um, but but I will say that the thing that really does resonate with this is I always feel like we're 
everybody is like their most charming selves when they're their authentic selves and when they're not really wondering or thinking about how they come across. So I've always found that ironically, I I end up attracting people when I think there's no chance that me too. I'm, that you know, I might get them. Me too. Um, and so I've been in this situation, kind of like Fran. But when there's actually someone who I'm like, oh god, they're really cute. Oh, I, I wonder if maybe they, you know, then I I act like a freak. <laughs> so me too. Me too. Yeah. I, I think the reason Elizabeth and I hit it off is because I didn't like. I just didn't think that I had any chance at all. So mm-hmm. I was just like, whatever. Like I'll just be friends with this person, and she seems mm-hmm. fun. You know, and then all of a sudden she was interested in me and I was like, whoa, (laughs) and I've been doing, I've been doing consistently that for five years. Yeah. But it's like, it's like the sad irony that it's like, you know, we're, we really do give off the best impressions of ourselves and we're not self-conscious, but it's very hard to achieve that. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, it's hard to achieve that when you are actually, um, when it feels like there's stakes to a situation. That's right. Um, but so everybody just pretend the world is your gay best friend, unless you are gay and then it's your straight best friend. Unless you're bi, and then you are shit out of luck. Uh, All right. Well, folks, listen, that is where we usually end the episode. Toria says something slightly (laughs) off color, and we cut her off. And that is what we do here at Oh, Mr. Sheffield, a podcast about the nanny. If you liked the show, please go and talk about it on Apple Podcasts. Leave it a five-star review. Write about how great it is. Um, and then that helps other people find the show, which is wonderful. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Oh Mr. Chef Pod with two Fs. And um, oh no, that's the end of my announcements. Uh, that's it. You're all free to go, and we'll you don't forget to do the reading tonight. And I'll see you back here tomorrow for class. Um, mm-hmm. All right, have a week, everybody. Bye. Uh-huh. Bye. The flashing girl from flashing. Name Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, Miss Fine. <laughs> <laughs>